0: In this case, a podcast from Hilti that goes behind the scenes at one of the most iconic brands in the world of construction. We'll talk to the people who make it all happen and ask them who, how, what if, and of course, why. Here's your host, Claire Combs.
1: Welcome back. In the last episode, we considered what it takes to get an innovative new product out the door, often after years of development. There's no doubt it takes a ton of time and hard work, but the process definitely doesn't stop there. In fact, this is the point where the rubber meets the road, and our sales teams are tasked with demoing and selling both new products and those that have become fully integrated into Hilti's portfolio. Today, we'll take a look behind the scenes at the processes you don't always get to see to answer the question, after a new product launches, what happens next? To get us started, let's check back in with Heinrich, Business Unit Manager for Direct Fastening.
2: Here in North America, we have four product managers for Direct Fastening that support about 1,500 account managers, 100 or so stores. 200 or so engineers.
1: Once a product has launched into the market, talk to me about how a PM stays engaged with that process. You know, so RMAT's happened, waves have happened, and maybe for some people who aren't close to it, they may feel like a product manager's work is done at that point. What is the reality of that from the marketing viewpoint?
2: So I'm very glad that you bring up that there is a certain perception that once a product is launched, the product manager kind of leaves and moves on to the next topic. And I like to say that instead of that launch and leave, I want it to be a launch and leverage. You know, you need to shift gears a little bit. Oftentimes, as a product manager, if you've been part of the development team, you may have spent the last three, maybe in some cases even four years working on defining... The needs that customers have building up the requirements of the products and then you're building your business cases and then you go to an RMAT or an annual meeting and in some cases we might have specific launch events to specific groups of stakeholders after that event is done it's very easy to kind of breathe out and say finally done and I like to say to people that is an occasion where it's worth celebrating you know, it should be celebrated, you've been part of a process, but it's also the start of the next stage of that product. My name is Ryan Ramsey.
3: I am the mechanical trade manager for Hilti North America. I've been with Hilti for, this is going on, 10 years.
1: Ryan has held a variety of sales and marketing roles over his decade with the company. I asked him to break down how he thinks about life after a product launch from a sales development viewpoint.
3: Spending, you know, one hour in a regional wave or one hour at RMAT, it does a great job of introducing the product, the reality though is consistent training, consistent messaging, webinars, and things that our MO partners do, that's what's really valuable now to winning in these categories consistently. We've seen that with a couple of the new categories that we've got into with hydraulic tools. You know, We introduced a hydraulic tool, it's a new category for us. Our MO trade teams have done multiple trainings, gone and met with customers, really helped with large customers, how do we convert even some of these large customers over, and so They really are a vital part of them, how we roll out and execute that strategy over the next six to 12 months in the field.
1: So at Hilti, our teams really hit the ground running after a new product launch. But how do they know what targets they're running towards? Well, let's start here.
0: Hi, my name is Matt Jackson. I am the Senior Trade Director for North America. I've been with the company since 2004, so I'm going on my 15th year. So the product teams work really hard to identify what exactly the new product should look like. The trade teams work together to define You know, what resources do we have in place that can potentially sell this? How many customers do those team members call on? We work with the market organizations to identify how many tools can we sell per month, at what price point, and then we roll that up. So we develop a a target for our team members so that we are able to, one, be able to take advantage of the market opportunity, two, are able to get new product in our customers' hands and demonstrate to our customers that Hilti has innovative new products. And this is a company that I want to partner with for innovation and solutions that make my team members more productive. And then three, we also have to repay the investment. And so we need to make sure that our team members participate, they have an opportunity to focus on this with their focus customers, their VIP customers, and also achieve growth for the territories. So
1: setting new product sales targets really is a collaboration between market organizations and the hub. And it's based on local factors like market potential, team size, and reach, as well as considerations like the investment required to develop a product. As we heard, Matt has been with the company for a while, so I asked him to reflect back on his earlier roles as a regional manager and marketing director for the East. Based on his years of experience, what does he view as the difference maker when it comes to driving new product acceptance?
0: The most important thing that we have here is that we need our team members to understand these new products, understand how they fit into our customers' lives, understand their applications, and then have the customers experience this by putting their hands on the tools, running the innovation, and experiencing that themselves. When they experience these new innovative tools, they're much more likely to buy and you're much more likely to be successful.
4: My name's Kelsey Wells. I am the local regional manager here in Tulsa for the non-structural trades. Been doing this role for about three years now. To me, IMP is how we really differentiate ourselves from the competition. This is what Hilti's known for in the industry, is bringing the innovation to our customers and helping them be more productive in the work that they're trying to accomplish an application, etc. cetera. And so I really think it embeds us in their business. If we do the right work up front, it helps us align with their business goals as
1: well. It makes perfect sense, but that definitely doesn't mean it's always easy. With somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 new products launching every year, Kelsey says there's always something new to learn.
4: Definitely there are products that do require a little bit more of a stretch, right? It's actually taking time and gathering information from a customer to be able to sit down and actually create like an actual business case for the customer to show them, you know, this product on paper it costs more but when we actually consider the labor and everything else that goes into the application we can show a significant cost savings on the bottom line. And so yes, there are products like that and you know sometimes that is where the AM needs the RM to partner up with them and spend time developing those skills because it is something that takes time. I actually just finished working with an AM we have an opportunity to sell our new cast-in metal deck device. And we've just spent kind of the last day and a half working with the customer, working with the AM to actually pull together those numbers and actually go back and present to the ownership to show them how we can help with that bottom line. A lot of this is really about sitting down and understanding your customer. And when you understand that Aligning innovative products with a certain customer becomes very easy. To me, it's like going in and buying a car. If I'm looking for an SUV, but the salesman keeps trying to sell me a Corvette, then we're not in alignment and it's gonna make his job a lot more challenging. So if you can get that alignment early on, then from an AM's perspective, it's much, much easier.
1: The other sales leaders I spoke with echoed Kelsey and Matt's advice to learn the customer's business inside and out and demo new products as often as possible. It's probably safe to say that those bedrocks of our sales cycle won't ever change, but there have been some developments in recent years that have added a little extra firepower to the process.
2: Today, with the digital footprint that we have, we have more opportunities than ever to drive activities direct to our customers. This can be social media campaigns, can be of course campaigns where we include our sales teams directly, can also be situations where we bring customers in to events for example in our customer experience center in Irving and use that as an opportunity to get our largest and most influential customers to buy into a new product.
0: Customers can come down and visit the American Airlines Center. They can visit and go to a Texas Rangers game. It might be a concert. We have a lot of opportunities for our customers to have fun, get to know Hilti in a fun environment, as well as find opportunities to partner and work together.
1: All right. So that's the viewpoint on why and how we can drive growth and adoption for innovative new products after launch. But no behind the scenes look at selling products would be complete without a stop here in logistics. My
5: name is Julie Groves. I'm the senior manager for Fastening and Protection Materials Management. I've been with Hilti for just shy of five years.
1: Tell me what the job function of a materials manager at Hilti is. What does that person sure. do?
5: So it basically boils down to, do we have the right inventory at the right place at the right time for the customer? There's a lot of things that go into consideration on that, and we have to balance the amount of inventory, so the money that we're basically taking up for Hilti, and also our service level for the customer. So it can be sometimes difficult to balance inventory levels with our service expectations for our customers
1: that out for me a little bit further so mm-hmm. if we were to have lots of everything at all times so we could fill all orders no matter what kind of order it was mm-hmm. at all times why wouldn't we want to do that it's a lot of money
5: <laughs> so that directly affects the bottom line at Hilti and so that's why we have some controls in place to make sure that we have inventory segmented at the right places and really for those bread and butter items that we typically want to have on stock everywhere, we try to, but there's some that maybe move or get sold once every six months and it just doesn't make sense for us to have them at every single location in our network. So we look at reports to see what makes sense to have in what warehouses, do we have the right safety stock levels, and that's really, can we handle a variance in our forecast? to make sure we have enough stock on hand for big projects or large orders that come through and we just don't expect to see a spike there. So we look at a lot of different things throughout a daily, weekly, monthly bucket to evaluate are we servicing the customer and we always encourage field feedback and we wanna make sure that you know if there's information that a customer wants to ramp up, on a certain item or um, they have a different application that they're starting to bring into their business, we wanna make sure that we support that. And we do that by adjusting our forecasts, and we also do that by adjusting our safety stock levels.
1: Do you think that materials management is more of a science or more of an art?
5: Oh, it's a little bit of both. (laughs) It's tough because we do a lot of analytical work behind what we do, but we also just have to have a gut feel as well. I mean, we can try and predict the future and do all of these statistical models to try and get close to where we think it's going to be. But at the very end, sometimes we just have a gut feel if it's going to be right or wrong. And the only thing 100% about a forecast is that it's always wrong. (laughs) So that's something that it's kind of tough to balance. And it's also really tough to communicate that to the field, that we're trying to plan for these things six months, 12 months down the line and predict what they're
1: going to sell. It's clear that innovation is a major growth engine at Hilti. It's a critical part of the way we win, but it's not the only part. Even the coolest new products aren't immune to the effects of time and eventually move from innovative new product status into part of our normal portfolio.
5: From there, once we realize that it can be moved, that we have different material statuses that we can change from an INP status to just an open standard item number and then it's just managed as we manage any other item number we might change the methodology behind our safety stock or the way we forecast it but pretty much we bring it into our portfolio and manage it like any other standard item and we would forecast it every month and review that, and we'd also look at where we're seeing service failures, where do we need to maybe manipulate some of the safety stock. So it just becomes a part of the regular portfolio. At the same time, we could also want to manage any of the phase out from the old product to make sure we're still running low or getting rid of any of that stock we can as well. So there's a lot of reports that we run and a lot of things that we continue to stay in touch with across all of the DCs and across a lot of the SKUs that we handle. So. It just rolls into our regular portfolio.
1: You heard Julie use the term SKU. That's an acronym that stands for Stock Keeping Unit. Everything Hilti sells has a SKU, a unique identifier that says this is a case of HY200A or this is a TE2000 AVR. All told, Hilti North America has nearly 5,000 active SKUs.
3: In the mechanical and electrical trades, if you look at anchoring if you look at cp680 which is our cast in fire sub device we've had for a very long time if we're not actively growing those product lines Then IMP is not alone going to be something that gets us to forecast or gets us where we want to be. And so we're always monitoring with our product teams product categories and why are things moving or not moving, where are we having problems? And then ultimately what can we do about that? And so, you know, that's where you'll see the sales accelerators that come into the emails every Friday that are, hey, listen, we've got this price and we're going to package this. And the goal is that, hey, listen, we've identified we have a really important product line that maybe we're struggling with or isn't where we want it to be. and we then work on okay what can we do from a hub standpoint to put campaigns in place to put sales accelerators in place to do a webinar or do a refresh on a training to figure out how do we get back on track to where we want to be. On the other hand we also look at product lines and we celebrate like anchoring right now is a great example. The entire category of anchors is a high performing category from us and not all of those are IMPs. I mean drop in anchors we've had for a very long time and we're really doing a nice job of messaging that and so there's fantastic growth in product lines that are not IMPs but are critical to our success.
5: So we stay pretty close to our global counterparts communicating if we need to pull forward orders because we're seeing an increase in demand or if we might see some reservations or orders that we've put out there and they've been pushed out and that's gonna cause a stock outage for us on our side. So we need to understand, is it a supplier constraint issue? Is it manufacturing? Do we need to air freight something? So these are all things that we keep in close contact with our global counterparts to understand what's going on on the supply side as well.
1: So there you have it, a view, albeit a quick one, into some of the people and processes that support product sales at Hilti in the weeks, months, and years after a launch. In our next and final episode, we will fast forward to the end of a product's life cycle and look at what happens to phase out products and those that make their way back home to us after years of job site performance. Thanks for listening.
0: In This Case is a production of Hilti North America. To give us feedback, ask a question, or share an idea for a future podcast, email HiltiDirect at Hilti.com.
2: So in Sweden, you know, there's many ways it's going to count. is yes. the saying, Right. But in Sweden we don't skin cats, in Sweden we skin bears. So, <laughs> so I, said this, I said this to Daryl and I said, you know Daryl, there are many ways to skin a bear. And he's like, a bear? We skin cats here. And I said, well, in Sweden we skin mean animals.